On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we have got an absolutely jam-packed episode. We are looking back at all the action that happened in week 13, and we are starting in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz getting benched for Jalen Hurts. We're talking the future of Wentz, possible trade partners, and what this means for Philly going forward. Then we talk about how the flip side of the quarterback draft class and how Aaron Rodgers got screwed. Instead of Pouting like Carson Wentz, he goes off and lights the world on fire. We start talking about some potential receivers they could have added in the draft. And of course, I'd be remiss not to talk about the New York football giants coming off an enormous victory in Seattle to solidify their place in first in the NFC East. Will they make the playoffs? We'll see. Plus, the model makes some of the most ballsy, gutsiest picks I have ever seen as we make our week 14 picks. Trust me, you do not want to miss this. Stay tuned for episode 90 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host as always. Joining us tonight, Mr. Model Aaron. How are you doing tonight, bud? Uh, doing great. In the middle of NFL, in the middle of college basketball, it does not get much better than this. Not to mention college football, too, where it's been a crazy season, but we're rolling into the bowl season here shortly. Uh, life is good. Sports are on. Can't complain. I mean, it's been a great week of football. We've got Tuesday night football last night. Hard to get much better than that. You've got your NCAA men's basketball model churning. We're going to talk about that. Can't beat it, my friend. Did we not. have also got our insider, Coulter. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I'm doing real good. I'm excited about this week's slate. I think there's a couple of really good games. You know, you got Miami Chiefs. Get the, uh, the Patriots we're going to talk about later on. I know Hughes is excited about that one, Thursday night football. Uh, and then obviously Buffalo, Pittsburgh, be a great game. So week 14 shaping up to look really nice. A lot on the docket for us to talk about. And speaking of Hughes, coming fresh off of 45 nothing shellacking, it's Bill Hughes, our Patriot expert. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's good to be with you guys tonight. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty excited about uh, talking about the Pats. I think uh, – you know, we saw one of those kind of classic Belichick games where you got a little bit of contribution from uh, all parties on the uh, on the Patriots team. And, um, you know, you got a quarterback who threw for no yards and they won by 45 points. So um, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be an interesting one this week. Excited to talk about that and excited to dip a little bit into this Philly controversy. Um, you know, it's not every day you got a guy who just inked. I mean, is the ink even dry on that contract extension that he signed? Um, and now all of a sudden they're going to. Uh, they're going to the rookie. So, uh, you know, backup quarterbacks, everybody's favorite player on the team when the team's doing bad. So I'm excited about talk about that, too. And who better than Hughes, the Patriots expert living in Philly to talk about the two big pressing issues of the week. So let's start right there, Bill. How did we not be more obvious and put more money down on the Patriots last week with Bill Belichick going up against Anthony Lynn? I mean, that's just the biggest mismatch on paper. Yeah, I mean, I think, again, I think the Pats D, we've talked about it all <clears throat> on a couple of different pods. The Pats D's been so bad at different times this year that 
Um, I think it's always hard to have a ton of confidence going West, you know, playing against a team where, you know, they don't see them a ton. Uh, but at the same time, you're right. I mean, it was a clear mismatch. It was, um, it, 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 it was, a, it was, I don't want to say it was funny to watch because like at the end of the day, it's still the NFL. You want to see competitive football, but I mean, 45, nothing, um, on the road, is I mean yeah it's just a beatdown I don't know how else to describe it you got special teams touchdowns block field goals yeah you got you got a little bit of everything got a guy named Gunner um, special teams player of the week uh, coming through big um, and Cam Newton kind of the uh, you know the guy who's been you know, kind of steady and you know really isn't playing quarterback very well but the team won so I don't know I'm interested to see what we get this week but yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it was a gambling mismatch at the end of the day anytime uh, you cover a spread by 46 points. And Coulter, we've been we've been hammering how bad Anthony Lynn is. It, we should have saw this just just clear with our eyes. The mismatch, a rookie quarterback going up against Bill Belichick. I, we we talked about it a little bit, but this should have been our like bet the mortgage pick, right? Yeah, it was sixty seven percent dating back to nineteen ninety five. Uh, Bill Belichick against a first or second year quarterback. That's like the stat of the century. I mean, you're right, sixty seven percent. How can you argue with it? You bet the mortgage on it every time. Uh, it was, that was a good one. Unfortunately, yeah, I didn't really get to see a profit from it, but it was an obvious one and just a great, uh, showing that coaching means everything. Because if you look at those two teams on paper, I mean, look at Vegas number, even teams is what Vegas saw coaching is the difference in this league. Anthony Lynn is just God awful. As we've said week after week after week for two straight years. Now, Bill Belichick is the King. It's unbelievable. Now, Mr. Mata, I want to want to ask you this one. You're our analytics guy. You're the smartest one on this pod. Should we be looking at the matchups that have a, a clear coaching advantage? And, and, and how is that factored into lines, you think, down at the end of this NFL season? Uh, it's got to be factored into lines when they come out in the first place. Um, I, uh, I'll tell you what, I was on the wrong side of that Chargers uh, Patriots game and that that one hurt that was not close at all um, but still in the grand scheme of things if you're looking at these games like they're you know in the hundreds of thousands or thousands these are you know long-term views that you have to take and saying okay what is my long-term edge going to be so given this one time Anthony Lynn didn't come through you know and their special teams and a lot of other facets of the football team didn't come through at all and that's fine but, uh, you know, maybe in the long term, that's actually not the case if you play out thousands of games. Obviously, I'm not sure I see that here. But uh, Bill Belichick just definitely brings something to that team that uh, a lot of other teams don't have. Yeah, and it's pretty obvious, too. But, Hughes, I got to ask you now, you're in that position that every fan base wants to be in this time of year. You're in the hunt. You are in the hunt. So where, how do you feel about your team potentially making the playoffs? Uh, man, I'll tell you, you know, anytime you get to this point in the season, you, the only thing you can do is look back on some of the ones that got away. I, I think this team's good enough to make the playoffs. I don't know if this team's good enough to make any noise uh, in the playoffs, but um, you just look back on some of these games that they lost this year and you just wish, you know, whether it was a play here um, against Seattle or Buffalo where they had the ball driving to win the game um, or some of them, you know, you just wish you had a few of those maybe in your pocket for a little bit of extra juice. But that being said, you're kind of back against the wall. Every week's a playoff week for the Pats. Now, every game is a, is, a, is pretty much a must win. They got to get to 10 and six. I don't see how they, and that means they got to win out. So 
I don't see how they get in the play, and they do not have an easy schedule. So, but I don't see how they get in the playoffs otherwise. The AFC, if you look at the teams that are ahead of them, they do have the tiebreaker over uh, Vegas, which might come into play. Um, but you know, with with how well some of these teams in the AFC have been playing at the top end, um, it's going to be tough. And to Baltimore get in too, with nine wins. Yeah. Oh, right. That, good point. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited. I think this it, it definitely brings some intrigue to the Super Bowl rematch that we get on Thursday night. Uh, which I'll think will be really, you know, uh, again, another good coaching matchup. And, you know, I think Coulter, you said it, or someone said it earlier about uh, Jared Goff versus Bill Belichick. And do we get a little bit of the same logic there around, um, you know, do you just bet on the guy who's clearly proven time and time again, that he can, that he can trick quarterbacks and ultimately he has shut down that offense. So uh, it's fun to be in the hunt. I'm excited to, to get down the stretch, but I mean, our candle could get put out tomorrow night. Never know. They do have a tough schedule, so I'll read it out here. So as you said, Hughes, they're playing uh, Thursday at the Rams. Then they've got at the Dolphins, home against the Bills, and then they finish it with a cupcake, the Jets. So that's tough. It's going to be an uphill battle, but like we said, you're in the hunt, and that's really all that you can ask for. Now, I do want to segue to the next topic because you're you're also in Philly here, and this has got a lot going on. Carson Wentz just looks completely lost and the news comes out that they're benching him. They're going to hurts before we go to you Hughes and get your, your insider's opinion here, Coulter. I want to see what you think about this. Is it, was it too late to move off of Wentz and is Wentz now just going to be a waste of money? Well, I think he's going to be a waste of money for Philadelphia, right? And there's no way he could ever be a value back to their con- the contract that they paid versus what they're going to end up having to do with them, which is, I think, probably trade him out of town or I don't know. I mean, what does the future look like? It's pretty bleak. Keep him as a backup or trade him or try to get him back as a starter. I don't see it. I mean, the guy looks pretty broken. We've talked about it on previous podcasts. Looking down the field, he's not very good. He's taking way too many sacks. I know that offensive line is terrible, but they need a spark. And I think Hertz can get outside. And that's why they made the switch. I mean, I don't think it's too late. I think they they made the right move going to start once against the Packers. It was on the road, not a good spot for Hertz. Um, I think it was the right game maybe to pull him. And then, you know, he's playing against the Saints team that I think he can prepare for here at home. Um, I think he can actually get outside on that Saints defense and extend plays a little bit. So I think it's actually a good matchup. So the timing for it actually works. I don't love Peterson's coaching. We've railed against him all year so. I mean, in that game, I'm looking towards the Saints to take advantage of Hurts. But in terms of the timing, actually, I think it makes sense. And getting Wentz out of town is the only option I really see. How can you keep that contract on the bench, try to trade it somewhere? Uh, I mean, I'd kick the tires on Wentz if the Eagles would take half of his contract. I'll take, the, I'll take him in Denver. We'll pay half of his salary. They take half. He can compete with uh, Drew Locke next year. If, two if, broken two, two broken quarterbacks in the, in the mountains yeah. of Colorado <laughs> just in, competing. I mean, we're, we're broken as a franchise. Why not, why not take down a little risk? And, and if Philly can pay some money, I would, I would take it. Oh yeah. Philly's going to pay money. I think that really changes it and opens up, I think more teams potentially taking a chance on him. Hughes, you, uh, you mentioned it. There's some rumors out there about the Patriots. Do you think there's any uh, smoke to that fire? Uh, so here's, here's my quick take on, on how I think the Wentz thing is, is going to shake out. And, and again, I don't know if this prevailing feeling that I've had all year that COVID is going to be a lot of these teams' excuses to give guys additional chances or to give them opportunities um, to kind of bounce back or whatnot and kind of chalk these up as a lost year. But ultimately, I do think that you know with, with Wentz, 
I think they're going to give Jalen Hurts a little bit of experience. But if Jalen Hurts looks terrible and you're saying, okay, maybe we go into next year, give Wentz a chance to compete. If they trade him, it will be the largest dead cap hit in the history of the NFL for the Eagles. So they do. It's not just a get him out of town situation. I do feel like part of it is going to be about, do we give this guy one more shot? Do we see if maybe he can kind of like clean it up and figure it out? Or to your point, is it, is it so bad? I, I think he's a good enough teammate, good enough guy. I think they might keep him around. But that being said, I do think there will be suitors too. I mean, you're looking at a guy who was before he blew out his ACL on his way to potentially an MVP season. Um, when he had weapons around him, I think he was much better. This team stinks. Like anybody who looks at this team and thinks that the Eagles should be competing or the only problem with the Eagles is Carson Wentz. I mean, obviously he isn't watching the Eagles. Like they don't have, they don't have much. Their offensive line is decimated. Um, their wide receiving core is, I mean, he's had, I think I saw a stat. He's had more wide receivers than any quarterback in the NFL over the last two years. They're just not in a good spot. And contractually, they didn't do a very good job either. So I don't know how they're going to get out of it. Um, so do they take the L and just get rid of them? Maybe I do think, you know, based off what I'm Jeffrey Laurie is a guy who's got a lot. He, he'll give guys rope. I think he sticks around. I think Howie Roseman ends up biting the bullet for this. I think it's the, it's the end of the line for him. Um, I think they need to bring in a real general manager, uh, but that's kind of it. But then again, if Hertz lights it up, he's clearly the guy. So I think right. it's a win-win for them. If Hertz lights it up, they, they know going into next year that they've got a future that, you know, they've got somebody who they can be excited about. If he kind of struggles, I think they go into next year with both of them and give him a chance to compete to see who can be the starter in 2021. Mr. Model, I got a theory here. Are you ready for this one? Because I think it's pretty interesting. Hit me. Who was the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles when Wentz was at his finest and they won the Super Bowl? Uh, I'll give you a clue. He's a head coach right now. I mean, and it's not Doug Peterson. It's not. It is Frank Wright, the head coach of the Colts. I think the Colts are a perfect trade partner here. Now, again, the money's going to get in the way, so you got to get creative with the cap. I uh, hope they take on that full contract. But I think Reich is going to be the guy that says, you know what? We got Phil Rivers. He's an aging quarterback. Maybe he's on his way out. I know what I've got with Wentz. I had a perfect offense with him going. And I think that puts the – assuming Wentz can find his old self and Reich can open up whatever is going on, that puts Indy on all of a sudden a very, very good position going forward. Granted, it's a lot of money, but it's something to work out. What do you think, Mr. Model? I – can totally get on board with that. I can see how that could be a synergistic uh, relationship in the future. Rivers is on his way out. He has uh, some parenting, I think, that he's responsible for in the future. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can totally see yeah. that. I just think the contract is going to be the biggest obstacle, and that, to me, is going to be maybe a bridge too far that it just won't let it happen. So, Coulter, I know you're a, you're our insider in the media. I read somewhere on Twitter, granted this could have been some crackpot putting that theory out there, but essentially, if a, tr- a team trades for him next year and they work out some kind of deal with the, the Eagles to bite the, I guess, the first year of the money, that essentially it works out to like an, an average of Wentz being paid $24 million a year. So they're not taking on the full extension, something like that. But if you're in that position and you're, let's say, Frank Reich, is, is that worth taking a shot on Wentz where he's making like $24 million as opposed to like $35 million? No, I love the idea of him going to Indianapolis. I think that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Guess what he has in Indianapolis that he doesn't have right now? A line. Yeah, an offensive line. Yeah. Um, You know, the other thing I love about that, Kaz, is uh, it really sets up, if you want to project forward a month, 
what are we already, we can write this in stone and I guarantee if a month from now it will come true. What is the storyline going to be at Indianapolis come January? They fell short. Why do they fall short? Rivers is old. He's inaccurate. He throws too many interceptions. He's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. They need to look elsewhere. I mean, they already put in Brissett for a handful of plays, right? Yep. Already, they're already admitting it on the field in the regular season that Rivers isn't adequate enough. So I think they're going to have a complete uh, hole at quarterback. And I think Chris Bauer, their GM, is. Yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely see him making a move. The real question is the cost, and that's the you know. I mean, that's going to be what holds a trade up. I actually like what Hughes said about bringing them both back to compete against each other. I think that makes sense too. If you can't find a trade partner, but I, I think Hughes is also right too. They're going to have a lot of suitors. I think the NFL is chock full of GMs who think get them in our system. We can turn them into a winner. Um, and this is a guy who turned Greg Ward and Travis Fulcom into household names for a couple of weeks. His two tight ends have been banged up all year. I mean, they haven't played together. I'd love to see what this offense looks like with the two tight ends there. They could have had a DK Metcalf type him with Metcalf, the two tight ends Sanders out of the backfield. Uh, I mean, that offense could be totally different if they just got a few picks, right. And a few healthy breaks. Yeah. Um, so I, I think there'll be plenty of interest for Carson Wentz. It's interesting too. Yeah, and, and go ahead, Hughes. Just to add to that, I, I saw somebody today compare the situation to what recently happened um, with Al Horford and the fact that the, the Sixers needed to include, and granted two different sports, and I hate when people try and compare like how the contracts work, but if the Sixers had to include a first-round pick, which is a similar thing that they'll have to do to get rid of Carson Wentz, and it's just laughable that people don't think that a guy of his age, his experience, that there aren't plenty of teams out there that would be willing to scratch this ticket and see what they get. Like, this is not like a situation. I mean, granted, I don't think it's going to cost a lot of money. We're not talking about going out and making a play for the number one pick overall. But, like, this, it's not going to be that the Eagles are going to have to really ultimately shell anything out. It's going to be that some team's going to want to go get them. And really, the Eagles are going to want to have to say, we're going to bite the bullet on the cap, on the dead cap money, and pretty much wave the white flag for a year and see what happens. Yeah. And I wanted to bring up the point, too, because uh, not only is it a perfect segue for our next topic, but a lot of people out there were saying that his confidence was shot as soon as they picked Jalen Hurts. And you really don't want to see that uh, from your quarterback. You know, you want to be confident, be like, listen, it's still my team. So what do you got there, Hughes? So sorry, not that I, but like, can we talk about how different the situation with Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz is? You're talking about a guy who clearly was like, OK, I'm going to take this and I'm going to run with it. And then a guy who maybe wasn't super comfortable in his own shoes. You know, again, Nick Foles, those Nick Foles conversations have been happening since the Super Bowl. I think you've got a guy who ultimately, yeah, he probably did. It's a great point. He probably looked at that and was like, they've they just hired a guy to compete with me. And that maybe didn't sit with him. And he's been pressing and looking terrible. Yeah. And Coulter, we discussed that this could be the Aaron Rodgers fuck you season. And we're seeing it. He's lighting the, 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 the skies up. Yep. The spite season is here. Now, I want to lay this scenario out for you guys because – I just would like to go back and imagine if the Packers decided to help Aaron Rodgers and add some weapons instead of drafting Jordan Love. So they traded up from 30 to 26 to pick Jordan Love. Okay. Now, if only they had traded up to 22, which is where Justin Jefferson went, imagine Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams. That's insane. But they didn't even need to trade down because look, I'm just going to rattle off just a few of the receivers that went after they picked or would have been picked at number 30 here. You've got T Higgins. Ever heard of him? Yep. Michael Pittman Jr. Also having a stud season. LaVisca Chenault. Pretty damn good. 
KJ Hamler from our Broncos. You guys know a lot about him. And also Chase Claypool, all guys that went after they picked that, they would have picked that 30. I just can't even fathom what they'd be doing with, with one of those weapons next to Devontae Adams. It's kind of crazy to think about. Chase Claypool would be the perfect guy to run down the field, throw the ball 7,000 yards in the air, and just let him eat. I don't know. I, I mean, again, his jump ball numbers coming out of college were insane, or his contested catch numbers. Like, I, yeah, I, it's, it's a total head scratcher. But again, the psychology of not drafting a wide receiver and drafting a quarterback did that light the fire that led to what we are seeing today. And I think, you know, that's the ultimate question. You know, I don't want to say that the, you know, the Packers did that on purpose, but maybe they fell into we've motivated Aaron Rodgers to go out there and potentially have an MVP season and win a Super Bowl for us with one wide receiver that is completely functional. And again, he's putting money in his pocket too. back up the bridge truck for Adams because it's going to be heavy. Big payday. Now, Mr. Model, I got to ask you, are you really proud of me that we've gone almost 20 minutes into this pod and I have not talked about the New York <laughs> Giants beating the Seattle Seahawks being in first place? I cannot believe we've made it this far without mentioning it. It's been absolutely abysmal. I, I hated every second of it. But those Giants, I, what is it, four wins in a row? You got to give yes, them credit. Yes, it is, my friend. Yes, it is. Joe Judge, our Spider, Richmond Spider alum, Patrick Graham, has got that defense rolling. Coulter, they look like a good team. I, I mean, my eyes don't deceive me, right? They are a good team right now. They are a good team. That was the win of the week. They went in there and they handed the Seahawks a win or a loss uh, at their place. They made Russ drop uh, from, I think he was like the third MVP favorite to now he's the sixth or seventh single-handedly in one game. Uh, I mean, it was just a great defensive performance. They're, they're locked down. Their secondary is really good. And as I've been texting you guys on the side, it's like, I think Miami and the giants, they have the best locker rooms right now. You can just tell they're playing hard for their coaching staffs. They're all in, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And the most impressive thing about the giants and also the dolphins is that, I mean, there was like running back by committee that they don't have great quarterback play and neither offense is sexy at all. And they're making it happen. Uh, the Giants have just been a team ever since they went to LA and they played the Rams close. That was a kind of an almost a turning point in their season. They've played pretty much everyone close since then, right? If they had yep. a blow, blowout loss since then, no, nope, and that wasn't got, a blowout, right? They covered that game. It was a close. It were, was it twenty one nine or something like that? They covered seventeen nine. Pretty sure they covered that game, but yeah, that it was seventeen nine. They got blown up by the Niners, but that was kind of the the one big. That anomaly. was early though. That, that was, was earlier in the season. Yeah. And then, yeah, they lost 17-9 to the Rams right after that 49ers game. And then ever since then, they're competitive against the Cowboys. That was when Dak uh, got that really bad injury. And then from that point on, they they were a good team. They lost to the Eagles and the Bucks by a combined three total points and then rattled off four straight wins. So <sighs> I've been going back and forth. We've got pods in the past where I wasn't sure what I want now, but... Granted, what I'm seeing, I think they actually could be competitive. If you're telling me they're playing the Bucks in the first playoff game, I don't see why that cannot be an upset. They just come close. You get a Tom Brady redemption story. You get the Tom Brady redemption. He was, you know, get the playoffs. Yep. That playoff storyline is going to be out there. We're going to be in Brady's head. He can't beat the Giants. I can already see it. (laughs) So, all right. I I just, I just want to add one thing. I thought, and and again, I don't want to rain on the Giants parade. I thought it was a great win for the Giants. I think the Giants are on a trajectory that shows a. If there had been an offseason and a preseason, I think they would have started the season a little bit better. Clearly, with a new coach, new system, new everything, they had to shake that, shake that out. They had to get rid of some other coaches. The, again, the offensive line is probably the most improved unit 
um, of any unit on any team in, in the last six weeks. I mean, we went from talking about uh, your top pick, Thomas, being a bust to the fact that all, now he's a road grader. He's killing people. You know, you're seeing you know, the baldy breakdowns of him just mashing guys into the end zone. And it, again, it's a momentum thing. I think it's a coaching thing. I think Coulter's point about the locker room, clearly these guys are playing together. They're playing for each other. Um, and it, it's fun to watch. But I also think that there's something to be said about the Seahawks and the fact that this team has a lot of holes. And the holes on the offensive line, the holes on the defense are, are potentially going to come back to haunt them if they think that they can make a run at a Super Bowl. Um, and I don't want to say I took more out of that game about the Seahawks than I did about the Giants, because I think we have been seeing that from the Giants trending in that direction. But we've probably also been seeing it from the Seahawks trending in the direction that they're going, which is not great. And ultimately, I, I don't know. I, don't, I, I at one point thought they were the favorite in the NFC, and clearly that is not the case anymore. Their defense looks bad. You, they granted they held Colt McCoy to about 150 yards passing, but it's Colt McCoy. I mean, come on. They've got big holes. Colter, are you concerned about the Seahawks? <laughs> I guess we'll wait till my best bet. <laughs> 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 to answer that this week, no, I'm, I'm not concerned about Seattle this week against the Jets. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you guys said, the Giants ran. I feel like Gallman had, what, 135 yards on them? I think something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I think it was, I mean, I could say I watched that game and took a much more away about the Giants than I did the Seahawks. My thing was, I mean, Hughes just said it best. That that was a long time coming. This is a team that's been playing with fire. Talk about dating back to uh, a game earlier this year. They've been walking that line since they played the Vikings on Sunday Night Football. They were asking to get beaten at home by that team that week, and the Giants just did exactly what the Vikings did and actually closed out the game and didn't give it back to Russ. So what I learned there is that the Giants can go on the road, win a close game. Um, and Seattle, I think I'd already seen that from them in that Vikings game. This is a team that has holes, right? Yeah. Cook cut them up and Gallman cut them up. So, I mean, but here's the thing about the Jets game. We'll get into it when we do the best bet. It's like, who's beat, who's cutting them up this week? Ty Johnson. I just don't see it. <laughs> right. I mean, we will go over it a little bit, but I mean, I just don't. Gallman's actually a player. Like I actually think he has a future in the NFL. And that's actually probably one of the top five things I, I would admit that I got totally wrong. If not this year in the past, like I did not think he was capable of doing what he's been doing. He's great. I like him a lot. I think the Giants are just playing well. I like all their players right now. You know, defense has five potential pro bowlers. Yeah. And it gives you a lot of hope that Saquon Barkley running behind that line could be potentially epic. So what yeah. about a duel of those two? I mean, that could be really good. Yeah. Wrong. Can we also though? Can we also though uh, take a second to shine a little bit of a light on our our hosts, co-hosts, least favorite general manager ten weeks ago, <laughs> who has clearly proven that he's in the running for probably executive of the year with the cornerback Bradbury, with what he did uh, with the draft. Dave Gettleman deserves a little bit of a standing ovation from uh, from our co-host, who was very willing to cast him aside as maybe the worst human being. Wow! Planted a little. Wow! Hard. All right, we're doing that already, huh? Okay, you. I don't know. I don't know, Jim. Well, listen, I got to address it because you're correct. I was calling for his head. I wanted blood, and look, it. They turned it around. Okay, so where the credit is due is a is a. Fair question to ask. I think this is more on Joe Judge bringing out the talent and finding what his players can do and building around what his players, uh, what their abilities are. But you're right, Hughes. He had a great <laughs> offseason with Bradbury, Blake Martinez. He had some really good signings there. Uh, I, I just, 
I still think they're they're devoid of talent. Like we're still talking ultimately about a five and seven team here. Okay, if sure. this division was playing out the way it should be playing out, we're out of the we're out of the playoff picture, right? So we shouldn't be getting that excited in my head. I think the fact that he's got this momentum going, these guys are contributing. I think it definitely buys him another year. It buys him another draft, and I I hate that because <laughs> his, his two previous drafts were terrible. They were just god awful. His free agent signings were terrible, but he's done well this year. So I have to uh, step back. I have to say where I, I was wrong about his, uh, his his season this year. But ultimately, it's one season. We got a lot to see what plays out. So no, I don't know. What I, do you think, Walter? Do they have an? Ex- Actually, I, I know the answer to this question. They do have an executive of the year award, and I'm going through the list of teams right now on right in front of me. And I'm thinking, God, Dave Gettleman actually has like, like who, <laughs> who could actually compete for that job? Jacksonville's not going to win it. Tennessee's not going to win it. Miami, not there yet. Kansas city won the super bowl there. That's not happening. You go through the teams. The giants are actually a standout. Gettleman could actually win that award. That is incredible. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I mean, it's who's going to win that award from an executive standpoint, maybe the guy in the Rams for going after Ramsey last year. They give it as a makeup if they if they finish twelve and four. I mean the Ram, maybe. I don't even know who the Browns GM is, but I think the Browns GM might get some votes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think think hiring Joe Judge. I mean, hiring Joe Judge too. I don't know if they consider you know in terms of entire organizational moves, but like, yeah. I mean, he brings in Judge. He makes he makes a couple other moves. Uh, It's I'm again. I was not a Gettleman guy, and I still wouldn't say that I am. But I will say my one of my other buddies, by the way, who I did make a. I gave him plus 300 on the money line. He took the giants. I had the Seahawks. I thought it was the easiest 20 bucks I'd ever make in my life. <laughs> I had to shell out. I had to shell out 60. So yeah, that tells you anything, but he did have a take like, and again, it was Dave Gettleman. If you look at the guys that he brought in and you, like you said, Bradbury and Martinez, especially, I mean, he's hit on the, on the ones that they needed and on the guys that have been showing out so far and really been kind of the glue guys. He, he kind of brought it together yeah, and, and peppers, peppers is playing better. And I do think that's a lot of coaching. Um, but Pat's yeah. playing bad. Like you got a lot of guys that are playing, you know, up to some of their potential, if not beyond. And, and I mean, maybe Bradbury's a top five corner right now. Oh, I mean, he like, definitely I think is. You could, yeah. could make the argument. The guy's been unbelievably shut down DK Metcalf. There Dude. was no DK Metcalf. Where was DK Metcalf? He's been shutting down star receivers all season, man. This has been, uh, he's been really good. And even you got to throw in Logan Ryan. You got to throw in yeah. Logan Ryan. He's been there. Yep. My only point, the, his, Dave Gettleman's fate is going to, is going to rise and fall with Daniel Jones. I mean, it's just, that's the bottom line. And yep. I think this year buys him a, a year, but uh, the two previous drafts though, uh, we're, we're just not good. And he's made a lot of bad decisions, like giving Odell the extension just to trade him. That's dead cap money trading, you know, draft picks to get Leonard Williams. Who's a free agent. Granted Leonard Williams is playing out like his balls are on fire this year. So <laughs> There's another one. I forgot. He's yeah. He's like a pro bowler too. I know. It's been wild. That's it's wild. insane. Was that a one year deal he signed? Yeah. Well, they franchise tagged him. Oh, okay. So they, they traded for him last year while he was yeah, on the, the, the extended yeah. contract. Yep. And then they franchise tagged him. So, okay. I mean, he's, he's do a lot of money. So I guess you got to let Dave uh, play out one more season. So hand up here. Uh, I was wrong. Uh, I guess <laughs> I got to eat my words, Me but too. I do want to flip this to the other New York team because the Jets are just going to continue to jet in just the ultimate fashion. Mr. Model, what what were the odds you think to be <laughs> up by four with 30 seconds left? No oh timeouts God. on the Raiders. How do you lose that game? I mean, that's just absolute horrend- horrendous. Car crash cannot look away. 
coaching, playing, whatever else you want to add to it. I mean, not a shocker at all that the defensive coordinator uh, Williams gets fired not long after the game. I think Gase, Gase needed to throw someone under the bus. Otherwise, it was going to be him not too long, although I suspect the offseason that it will be him. Um, obviously, they are playing for that uh, first pick, so it did help them in some respects as they stayed ahead of Jacksonville Jaguars to make sure that they locked that up. But yeah, you, you cannot let that happen. That's something that you just need to – you cannot leave an undrafted rookie cornerback by himself against one of the fastest guys in the National Football League, Rugs out of Alabama. You know, the odds of that play coming through are, you know, obviously pretty low, but boom, here, here it is. It hits and they lose the game. That was absolutely brutal to watch. Dude, and the craziest part is the play before it, they had Aguilar open and Carr just overthrew him. And he also blitzed the house on that play as well. It's insane. Yeah. He was, we, this is again, I don't want to keep bringing up Madden all the time, but we play Madden. You would never do <laughs> fucking blitz eight and leave three back two plays in a row with the game on the line. So, all right. So no, I totally agree. That's why this is so great, but I will say, and this is one of the fun things about, about the NFL and about football is that there have been some people that have come out with some, what I think are compelling arguments as to why they weren't trying to lose, which I do kind of tend to agree with. And then if you take into account, Greg Williams, like he's done this before, yeah. like he's lost games going all in. It's funny. They've played some, I don't know if you guys saw it on the internet or on Twitter today, but they played some clip of a fan asking him a question during training camp two years ago. Like, Hey, what's your favorite defense to call? And he goes all out blitz. And <laughs> like, he, that, that's his thing. Like that. He's this, you know, he, he's that type of guy. And I do think like to your point, they got burned the play before. I think they actually were trying to play three deep and somehow got to let a guy behind him. And then that play, they clearly blitzed the house. Um, but there's no incentive for this coaching staff to lose. Like they, they're getting fired. All of them. If there's anything, there's an incentive for them to win because they don't want to be the stain of 0 16. So I think, you know, whether, whether or not you believe in conspiracy theories and there's some backdoor deal with Greg Williams, trying to ensure that they're losing. Um, but obviously Adam Gates wasn't happy with what happened. And, and clearly I think, you know, is trying to win one game and they had a shot to win that game. And I don't see how they win another game though. They're going 0 16. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the conspiracy theory. Be just be like someone is in Greg Williams. You're like, dude, listen, we're going to, we're going to lose. You're going to fire it anyway at the end of the season. How about we give yeah. you a little extra, you know, 500, 500 grand blitz to the house. Let us lose. Let's see what happens. I really love that conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. but, Coulter, I'll flip it to you here because what, what sense and logic is there in firing Greg Williams, but not firing Gates at that point? I mean, he's the ultimately the head coach. I know he's not calling the defense, but like, Come on, he's overseeing the house. It, yeah, it stops with him. It starts and stops with him. The whole culture is completely horrible, and it's all Gase's fault. So, yeah, I completely agree with your point there. Uh, the fact that you just fire Williams and then not Gase, I'm, what do you even tell your players with that move? It's just like, right. oh, we're going to scapegoat the defensive coordinator for four games, and then you know, at the end of the month, we're also going to let go of Gase. It's, what are you waiting for? Um, I, I, what I've been reading is, is that they just don't have another person to become the head coach. They didn't trust Williams to do it and they don't have anybody else on that staff. So if they let Gase go, they really just don't have another parent for the team. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I, my thing is, is like, how does it get that bad as an organization where you don't have a guy who can step up and be the replacement level coach? Um, but I mean, maybe that's just a indicative of how bad Greg Williams is that they really felt that way that he couldn't be the interim head coach. Clearly he doesn't deserve a job in the NFL. I don't think anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. Gase is 
run amok there. I can't believe that they didn't let him go after that game, but clearly, I mean, he's producing the results that they want, which is losses. So <laughs> yeah, maybe just keep him around. It, it doesn't really matter at this point. It's just another tease of my best bet. It's just like, they're just going to get annihilated. I think this week, there's just what are they playing for at this point? And the timing of it was just incredible. I was texting all, all of you guys that Greg Williams had the chance to become the first defensive coordinator to be in charge of two Owen 16 teams. And then, Literally within like the hour they fire Greg Williams. So there goes the dream. What a <laughs> wild, wild week 13. Mr. Model, let's turn the page. Let's move on to week number 14. But first, let's go back on the man versus model challenge. Let's see how the fans and listeners are doing. You know, it's been absolutely amazing. Megan Caslay continues to pull away. She went four and one last week. She just absolutely on fire she's up to 38 points total continuing to be the first place all by herself in second you know a couple points away we have hannibal with 36 points and in third place the man ryan 35 points still within sniffing distance but needs to make a move here shortly unless he uh is just going to lose it so kudos to megan uh, absolutely phenomenal performance four and one is going to get you the championship i cannot believe she continues to just dominate I want to blast this out to the world, okay? Because if there are people listening out there that want to win money, text us, message us, hit us up on Twitter. We will charge you a fee, and you'll get Megan Casale's picks, okay? <laughs> Welcome to the Schwam world, folks. <laughs> Crystal ball access could be yours for a small fee. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. She's dominating. It hasn't had. I think she's had one bad week in 13 weeks, which is insane. Yeah, she's been on fire. Um, so this week we have five games skewed up. There's actually a bunch of fantastic games happening this weekend. I'm actually really looking forward to the slate. Uh, the five that we have are Tampa Bay is home against the Minnesota Vikings. Tampa Bay is favored by six and a half. That should be interesting to see if Tom Brady can come through against Kirk Cousins. I know that's a Coulter favorite. Just kidding. Uh, Dolphins are home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Dolphins are the heavy underdog here, plus seven and a half. Chiefs minus seven and a half. Uh, the third game, the Las Vegas Raiders are home against the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are the road favorite, minus two and a half. Fourth game might be the best of the weekend. Buffalo Bills are home against Pittsburgh Steelers. The Buffalo is a home favorite. It locked in on, on, on our office football pull up, minus one and a half. It has since drifted up to two and two and a half as Buffalo favorite. That kind of surprises me a little bit. I'll tell you what, if that gets to Buffalo minus three, give me Pittsburgh plus three every day of the week and twice on Sunday. And the last game that we have, Cleveland Browns are home against the Baltimore Ravens. This is nearly a pick em. Cleveland is the slight underdog at plus half a point locked in at our pool. Baltimore is minus half a point. That's the five we have this week. There are some absolutely great games. And you know what I really feel bad for is Buffalo Bills fans, that they can't be at the stadium for these games. Can yes. you imagine the home field advantage that they would have with that crowd going nuts in the wintertime? I mean, it's just, uh, you, you got to feel bad for them. This is a franchise that suffered for years at the hands of Hughes' Patriots. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, I just got to watch from home this year, but so be it. I'm really glad. Same, though, with, the, same with the Browns, too. The, the Browns, yeah, good, great point. They've been a long-suffering franchise as well. Maybe those teams just play better without fans. Who knows? <laughs> I would say both of their quarterbacks may that may actually may be the case. Yeah, it's entirely possible. 
Uh, okay, I wanted to quickly go over the results of our crossfire action because we had some uh, some good good crossfires going. Uh, I, I want to say, Mister Model, I went two and zero, oh, and I told you and Coulter uh, when you said, "I'll give me, I'm gonna ride with Raheem Morris." So I can't uh, wait to cash that check. <laughs> Uh, I regret that crossfire for sure. I didn't think that uh, the Atlanta Falcons wouldn't perform as well as they, well, I guess they didn't perform as well as they, I would have hoped, uh, you know, the saints have just been playing well week in and week out, no matter the quarterback, they came through, they covered, um, you got to think breeze is going to return in maybe I'd say two weeks is kind yep. of what I'm hearing. Um, so that team's going to get a lot better. They are definitely one of the best in the NFC. And I texted you guys both. I was like, oh, that's cash. It's like 21-7. Falcons were doing nothing. And as soon as I send that text out, they go and score a touchdown, and they're driving to fucking tie the game up and cover the spread. But fortunately, the Saints showed up. So goes to show you every game is close. Uh, Coulter, you got yourself a win, too, with the, the Los Angeles Rams. That was a good pick. I was going to say, I'll, I'll just get Hughes' payment, and I'll just transfer it over to you, and then I'll be back. <laughs> The money transitions on this podcast is just fluid, just traveling. Yeah, all I was going to say it totally <laughs> just that, goes around. Exactly. That game, that game was such a weird game. Um, I just, I, I could not figure out who wanted to lose. Like, I mean, like, it, it's just like, I don't know what the Cardinals are doing right now. They have the worst. I don't know if it's their coaching, if it's just how they're playing, but it's their coaching. You. Yeah. <laughs> you called that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was my whole picks last week. I just went to the coaching mismatches. It worked out well. By the way, I also it. just want to just want to revisit the fact that we we did call out how fishy the under in that New Orleans Atlanta game looked. I think it was forty six or six, something. Yep. Yeah, went under. I mean that that was again that was another one. They were driving. I thought they was going to end up going over, but um, that's another one. Yeah, we're just handing out winners here, listeners. Just take a take a little flyer on that. All right, yeah. so. I do want to recap our picks. So last week uh, I went two and zero with my picks. Coulter two and zero. Mister Model zero and two there, and uh, Hughes mm. one and one. So uh, let's turn it over to uh, Coulter. You went two and zero. You were the defending champ from the week before. Why don't you give us your first pick here for week number fourteen? Yeah, first pick. I'm going to go with the Bucks minus six and a half. Uh, I zeroed in on this one because I think the Bucks trio of receivers are going to pick apart this depleted Viking secondary. Uh, I also like the fact that Tampa Bay is coming off of a bye week. They're going to be rested. That means their running back duo Jones and Fournette are going to be fresh. Their defense is going to be fresh. Uh, and that means their uh, much maligned 43-year-old quarterback is also going to be fresh. And that means they're going to be able to uh, beat this Vikings team in a couple of different ways. They can ground and pound them. They can wear them down with their defense, which I think is actually still pretty top rated. Uh, and then they can also beat them through the air. So I like all the advantages are pointing in every single facet of the game to the bucks. Uh, math wise. I like this because it's under a key number. Minnesota might be motivated to keep it close. And that's why if you guys want to cross me, go right ahead. I get why you think they'd keep it close. But if anything, uh, if anything I learned last week while watching that horrendous Jacksonville, Minnesota game is that motivation in Minnesota don't mix in 2020. Uh, they, how can you not be more motivated to play the worst team in football other than the jets and kill them? Instead you go to overtime and you potentially lose and you lose your playoff hopes on that game. Are you kidding me? That was atrocious. Um, and lastly, I have a perception factor that's on my side and then I'm going to exploit it this week. 
Tampa Bay played two primetime games and lost. The public perception is down on them. However, they covered against the Chiefs, and I think they actually played pretty well in that game. Uh, they came back and they fought you know, pretty decently in the second half. They really could have thrown it in and gotten their, their uh, tails whipped even more by Mahomes, but they really clamped down. Perception about the Vikings is Dalvin Cook is the best fantasy running back. He's going to go to town. I love Dalvin Cook. I love Jefferson. He's going to be the rookie of the year. What a fun team. Offense is humming. No, no, no. Cousins is not good. I'm going to fade Cousins. He looked terrible against the Jaguars. Uh, what do you guys say? Crossfire? I respect your no. par golf ability no. here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching that one. I watched I watched the majority actually of that Vikings Jags. Exactly. You don't want Kirk Cousins. You do not want to bet Kirk Cousins. I mean, just in the quarterback matchup alone. You tell me Cousins is going to outduel Brady. I know he's getting six and a half. I want nothing to do with that. I love the Bucks off a bye. I think they're going to be well rested. I like. I really do like the fact that Todd Bowles now has two weeks to scout against fucking Kirk Cousins. I'm with you. I'm on the cheat era of the Bucks. I almost made that my key pick, Mr. Model. What do you think? Same. Can't add much else. I think Tampa Bay is probably a top four team overall. Uh, I see Minnesota as being right around an average team. Don't even give me those eyes for Tampa Bay. Yep. I think they're up there. I still like them. I'm thinking a future might be there. Um, Minnesota right around 14th, 15th, 16th, based on some power rankings that I respect. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I like this spot for Tampa Bay. All right. You going to be our yeah. uh, crossfire guy? No, and this is definitely going to take one of those Monday night crew. We all pick the same team and Minnesota's probably going to win outright. Um, no, I'm on, I'm on Tampa max bet button. Uh, I don't, I don't see how with the extra week and with how putrid we've seen Minnesota play at times that this isn't just a get right game, get back in the swing of things for Tampa, start their push. I am actually a thousand percent uh, with the model on this one. I think a future on Tampa is not a bad bet. I don't know what they're <clears throat> where they're standing right now in terms. You know of the NFL yeah. wants it. Oh yeah, you can. <laughs> hey, you can get. You can get nearly plus seven hundred on Tampa for the conference, and I'm. Oh, I, mean, I am. Yeah. I'm sniffing that all over the place. Absolutely. Yeah. Hundred um, percent. I, again, I just think. I think they have a good defense. I think they have a good offensive line. I think they have really good wide receivers, and I think the quarterback, when the lights are the brightest, hasn't looked good. And. As I always thought with when I was a, as a Pats fan, I would rather Brady be trending and be starting not as great and have something to prove as the season started to climb than the years where he – I mean, granted, like 2007 is different. But like with the years where he was really hot early was like, okay, oh, God, like are we going to see like him come back to earth? Right now I think he's got a lot to prove. I think, again, he's in Florida. I think he'll be fresh for the stretch run. The weather's going to be nicer. I, I'm, I'm all in on Tampa. I like it. Universal pick there, Mr. Pargolf. Well, well played. Good opening uh, shot there. <laughs> All right, Hughes, who is your first pick? All right, so let's get this started. I am going to take two. We, we talked about it earlier. Maybe I'm just caught up in the nostalgia, like Chris Berman over here. Um, I'm going Buffalo. I, I, this line to me screams Bills are winning this game. Um, I think they can win it by two and a half. I think that they absolutely have way more on the line than Pittsburgh does. I think Pittsburgh is in coast mode, even though the number one seed is now up for grabs. I think big, big Ben's banged up um, though. I do think that defense is legitimately good. Um, losing Bud Dupree is t- so tough and so sad. That guy was killing it. Um, but the ACL, I think Watts great, but I do think that's going to be felt. And I think the bills are a team again, that just, they have, they, their defense is not great. I thought Edmonds played better. Um, 
against San Fran that I'd seen him play all year, um, at their middle linebacker. But, um, but again, I think, you know, Travis White had a pick, I believe in that San Francisco game. So I think, again, they've got some guys on defense that if they can play a little better. Um, so I'm going, I'm going with Buffalo minus two and a half. Uh, again, I, I think that that's, uh, I think Vegas is telling us something with them. Riding your boy, Josh Allen. All right. What do you think, Mr. Model? Yo, Give me a crossfire on this one, please. I am, <laughs> I am near full Costanza at this point that every pick that I make is the exact opposite. I felt like I've been locked in on Pittsburgh all year. They've been one of the best teams that I've been picking. I don't have the stats up in front of me of, you know, I'm at least something like nine and two or something like them, something like that with, with that team. I think this is a game. I think this is one of the toughest games that Pittsburgh has had all year. I think that they're the, the quarterbacks that they faced and the competition has been relatively light, even though, I mean, again, this is totally opposite, even though the line has locked in at minus one and a half and has now just trickled out to minus two and a half for Buffalo against me, I am going to take Pittsburgh plus one and a half here and see if they can go ahead and cover that. And I expect them to win outright. I know that there's been some injuries. I think they're the better team. I think that the Buffalo Bills quarterback is going to regress to the mean and that he will not play as well as he played. Certainly last game. I think there's a lot of emotions coming there. Give me Pittsburgh Steelers in this spot, please. Pretty please. Crossfire. Okay. Colter, what do you think? Okay. Just real quick on that Colter before you go. Um, so I would kind of agree on the Josh Allen take that Josh Allen may, this is a classic Josh Allen game to go out media's on him heads, big throws every pass 20 yards over the receiver. There's no fans. I'm telling you, I think it matters. He balled out last week. All right, Coulter, what are you doing? Oh, this is a terrible, terrible, uh, situational spot for Pittsburgh. This is a team that's the NFL is doing no favors. They put them on that Wednesday game, then Monday night, and then they're playing Sunday night. They're going to end up playing, what is it, three games of football in how many days? I mean, I'm not good with math, but it's too like too many games in too little time for me. I think it's going to be 12 or 11 days. Oh, I mean, that's I insane. Yeah. They're already hurt. Uh, Pouncy, you could already feel the effects of that game. I don't know. I mean, I watched the games back to back. How could you not take Buffalo after watching what you saw on, on, on Monday? You saw Pittsburgh can't even – Beat football team. They couldn't beat football team. And then Buffalo comes in and, and runs uh, a muck. You know, their offense looked great, you know, with a Davis, that rookie looks awesome. He's another kid who could be in green Bay for Christ's sakes. Yep. He's awesome. on Buffalo um, Beasley has been dynamite for them. Digs. I mean, their offense is good. I know that, I know that Pitt has a good defense. I, I'm not trying to disparage them at all, but they're also banged up. And I just think Buffalo's offensive coordinator, Dable is that he's going to be the kind of hot commodity coming out of this. Um, the one thing I don't like about this, uh, and I'm not going to crossfire or say it's like a best bet is I Buffalo beat Pittsburgh. Did they not last year in a big Sunday night spot, like week 16 to get to the playoffs? I feel like there's a revenge factor there. Now that they have big Ben, um, that I don't really necessarily love, but if I'm going to pick on anything, it's Buffalo. My eyes, said on Monday that this team is a lot better than one and a half points to a uh, Hughes's point. Um, so the, I think the number is a little light and I'll take it. Mr. Model, let me tell you what, you've got some cojones, my friend. <laughs> That's a bold crossfire. Like Coulter said, I watched both those games too. And Josh Allen looked like the guy everyone hoped he would be when they picked him. I mean, he was 
buying time in the pocket. He was dropping fucking dimes in there. He made he made the Niners defense just look totally confused. And I was texting you guys. I'm big on Robert Sala as a D coordinator. He just outplayed Sala and made him look like he did no idea what he was doing out there. So the fact that you're going right now and taking pit, Mr. Model, is is bold. The, the 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 football team game was so perplexing to me because they had the lead most of that game. You thought the defense was just going to stymie them. It was going to be one of those ugly Pittsburgh wins, maybe like 20 to 10 or something where the defense carries them. But they let the football team come all the way back in the second half and just march down the field. I'm not buying what they've got here. I think they're overrated a little bit. Uh, and, and they I can't run the football. They're one dimensional. Yep. Uh, Mike Lombardi. I'll borrow that from him. He always harps on teams that are one dimensional. Pitt is a horrendously one dimensional team. They're really good. They're, they're in my top four teams still, but man, they can't run the football. And I know Connor's getting back, but this is a team that hasn't run the football in a while now, at least to the, to the way that you expect them. If you're, you're a top four team to run the football. And if that's part of their identity, just like the giants have built their identity this year on ground and pound run play defense Pitt has gotten so far away from that. And, you know, yeah, they've got great, great receivers, but if they're so one dimensional, I trust Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator Our Buffalo's defense hasn't been great this year, but if, if he knows he doesn't have to worry about the run, what does he have to do? He's a prepare for Ben and three receivers all week long. Scheme it up. Yep. Let's do it. I mean, yep. you know, they're not running on you. How many rush yards did they have the other night? Five, seven. Yeah. It was, um, it was unbelievable. They couldn't run the ball. Well, that's the other thing too, is I think like, as they get into this game, if this game were a playoff game, I think I'd probably be on pit to be totally, to be totally honest. Like I think the, the factor, I, I do think, I think the NFL has dealt them a crazy hand. I think they are tired. I think they're beat up. And I just think that they're, again, I think they may have the better like team. I think they, you know, ultimately have played better uh, throughout the year. Obviously they've only lost one game, but I do think it's just trending in the wrong direction for me. And I, I think this Bill's team, and I've been, again, I've been on them all year. And I, this may be, Maybe a little false confidence on my part, but I do really like how they're playing. I like, the, I like, how, I mean, Josh Allen throws lasers. I mean, it's like the ball comes out of his hand. It's just like, again, like it's just there. And you're like, wait, well, how'd it get there? And it's just, he's got, he's got a little bit of that. He's got a little bit of that. He's in the zone right now. Yeah. I think the fatigue factor too, Colt, like you mentioned, just catches up with them. And again, we're saying here in our pool, it's locked at one and a half. It's at two and a half. Now I think it back up to three and a half. Like Mr. Model said, it's, it's worth considering the the Steelers there, but uh, one and a half, two and a half. I'm, I'm riding. The I was about to say, I'm a big contrarian. So like, this is a game that screams to me, Steve Coulter special. I'd be with Aaron taking Pitt most weeks, probably 10 out of 14 weeks, the NFL season. I'm with Pitt because I would be fading the team on Monday night that blew out the team and the team that just lost. And so everybody's fading them. I would jump on Pitt. However, this line is not accounting for any of that. Buffalo is not inflated at all. They're getting one point. Cause remember in our pool, every, every spread is 0.5 rounded up. So the, in the pool, Buffalo is a one point favorite. That's ridiculous to me. I mean, if there was, if they were steamed to three, I'd say, fine, it's been accounted for, but that's not even accounted for at all. Buffalo looked really sharp. And then that rest factor too for Pitt, you have to factor that in. It should be three. The line just looks totally off to me. I do think that's my uh, favorite game of the week. I'm really looking forward to that one. So yeah, see what happens there. Yeah. All right, Mr. Mahler, give us your first pick. Yep. For my first pick, I am going to the Houston at Chicago game. (laughs) I am all over. Get this Chicago plus one and a half. (laughs) Yep. That's right. That's right. Ladies. I am taking 
the Chicago offense, I think they can go ahead and put up some points against this horrendous Houston defense. I think Chicago's defense is going to come through here. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this, but this is, I got to do it. This game has already moved to a near pick in many sports books, so I'll take the point and a half. I am going to go ahead and take Nagy and those Chicago Bears plus one and a half. Let's go. I'll say it again. You've got some cojones, my friend. I am cross-firing the shit out of that. I almost had this as my key pick, Mr. Model. I can't believe you're riding with Nagy. The ball's on you. We just saw... I'll, I'll write it back for the listeners. Okay, Mr. Mo, in case people weren't watching, we saw the Bears at home against the Lions up 10 with like three minutes to go in the game. Not just not just not cover that game, but lose outright to the Lions. And what do we see on the flip side there? The Texans were playing a pretty good Colts team, driving to win, but their center botched the snap and they end up losing the game. I love the Texans on this one. I'll crossfire it, and I'll love that action if anyone wants to join me. Uh, so I may I, I looked at this game, and I, I think I was initially confused by the line, and so therefore I started to go towards the Bears. I don't know why this is so – like, again, I don't know why this is where it is given what we've seen. Like, it doesn't seem to make sense. So I just feel like the bet – bet here is on the bears. I'm not going to dive in the crossfire pool. Cause I don't, I mean, again, I don't really know what the hell's going to happen, but I do think like it, the, the line didn't make any sense to me. And in that situation, I'm going to lean towards the bears because it seemingly should have been the other way. All right, Coulter, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I got to go with the Bears on this, but it, it, it pains me because it's better quarterback. Yeah, it tells me yes. I, I, sh- I should be going with. Well, here's the thing is I created that list of uh, four games that I don't really trust this week. And the Bears are one of them. So it's not like this is this is hardly a best bet. This is my 15th in the confidence rankings. I don't like Nagy, uh, but their offense is scoring. And I really just don't think I don't buy Houston. I mean, they just have Watson. I think they're thin at receivers still. I know Kuti uh, was great for them last week, but I don't know. I, I think that Colt secondary soft. I think that uh, Chuck Pagano, if he wants to get retained as their defensive coordinator, he's going to have to scheme something up. Um, I think you could take away a lot of their offense. David Johnson was a non-factor last week. So I just don't see enough points for tech for Houston here. Um, and, and I think, you know, the model said it, I mean, the bears offense has not been terrible. I think they're going to score maybe 22, 23 points. Houston gets under 20. I see the bears winning. They are in free fall. They've lost six straight. They flip flopped their quarterbacks. They turned the ball over. The one thing the bears couldn't do last week at the end of the game was turn the ball over inside your own 10 Mitch strip sack, strip sack game is over. That I'm, team, the I'm whole coaching staff six, is going. I'm two and six on the Texans. I can't, t- I'm so bad. Whenever I go with them, I feel like they always screw me. They're like my team that they're, they're they become my new screw team since bro got hurt. I'd like to remind you both Coulter and Mr. Model. We were in this position last week where you said, I'll take Raheem Morris against Sean Payton. You're taking (laughs) Mitch against Watson. Deshaun Watson is playing out of his mind right now. He was driving down to beat the Colts and they are a much better team than the Texans. The guy's playing out of his mind. And when he he's one of those special quarterbacks that when he is in the zone, kind of like what we're seeing with Josh Allen, those guys go on runs. And Watson is in the middle of that right now. It doesn't matter who's around him. He's balling out. I can't wait to collect more money. 
<laughs> I'm not I'm betting on this. I'm not I'm betting not on this at all. Okay. I'm, Me and the model. I'm not either. I'm not either, <laughs> but I, I'm telling you, all the things you just said, I don't know if you could make a coherent argument for the Bears, which is why the line makes no sense. Like, I, I, I don't disagree with every, anything you said about the better quarterback, the better everything. Then why is this almost a pick Like, that – I mean, if we're factoring the old uh, give three points just because of home field advantage here, they're saying on a neutral field, the Bears are the better team. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I think the factor in here, too, you have to think is that Nagy and Pace and Trubisky, their whole thing is the the Sean Watson, right? The whole they drafted Trubisky Mm -hmm. over Watson, Mm -hmm. that factor. So I Mm -hmm. I feel like that's got to be baked in a little bit. I mean, this is a max motivation spot for every person in that building that's related to that pick. So they want to make that look as best as they can. Uh, let's not forget that. I mean, Allen Robinson's definitely gonna be the best offensive player on the field, right? Definitely. Than Watson. Well, besides so, Watson. And yeah, Montgomery besides a, Watson, of course, Montgomery had some life last week. Yeah. Yeah. He looked He's good. actually had the life for the last two weeks. Um, I like I Anthony Miller, the kid from Memphis. I still like that kid. I know that he's been maligned because of their quarterbacks. I still think he can pop. I, I mean, Komet finally came alive. I don't know. I yeah. feel like the Bears can move the football, and the game is just going to be wacky and just take the points. The best offensive player is going to be Deshaun Watson, boys. What are we doing? Yes. No, I, 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 no, I don't think anybody – at least I don't think anybody disagrees with Save, save this audio. Save yeah. the what are we doing audio for next week, and you're going to just play this back to us. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good pick, Mr. Model. Got a lot of reaction there. Uh, all right. For my first one, uh, I'm sticking with the teams that have brought me where I am. And I am once again taking Sean Payton and Taysom Hill traveling to Philly against a rookie quarterback, Jalen Hurts. We got the spread at six and a half. Uh, I mean, we can pile on the Eagles all we want here. But you got a, a rookie quarterback who's limited in his passing ability to go up against a professional, arguably one of the best defenses in the league right now. And you've got the mastermind, Sean Payton here. I love what I'm seeing uh, from the Saints. I know Taysom Hill has his limitations, but we covered it last week. They play this kind of grinded out, gritty type of games. I don't see Philly being able to keep up with them. I'm under a touchdown here. I love the Saints. Six and a half here, getting or taking the lane, those six and a half. Mr. Model, what do you think? Crazy? No, not crazy at all. I think you are spot on with this. I think the Saints will continue to show that they are one of the premier teams in the NFC. I like them in this spot. I have them at minus six and a half. I think they are going to go ahead and cover. Uh, No complaints or hesitations from me. I am fully on board with you. Okay, Hughes, you're in Philly. What are you doing? I'm with you. Uh, this line's already up to seven. I saw it at seven and a half somewhere else. Um, I'm on New Orleans. I think uh, it's funny. I think there's like there's a reverse motivation. I think I think the rest of the offense likes Carson Wentz, and I don't foresee everybody on that offense having one of those band around you know the rookie quarterback and prove that like we're not that bad type of games. Um, if that makes sense, I think that this is going to be a woe is me type of game for the Eagles. I think that it could it could it could be close. Um, for the first half, but I do think the Saints eventually pull away. I think you know, ultimately, from the Saints' perspective, the Eagles' defensive line has played a lot better the last couple of weeks. They've showed a lot of life. That could ultimately prove to be a little bit of a factor, um, but I think the Saints end up outclassing them as as the game progresses and end up winning this one pretty handily. I had it on my sheet, too. Uh, I had it at seven. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm on the Saints with you. like that. All right, Colton, what do you think? 
Well, you know that I look for coaching mismatches when I do my picks. And this week, probably of all the weeks that we've done this in the pool, really the my best bet is the only other one where I could find a, a coaching mismatch as bad as Philly and and, and uh, New Orleans. And I know Peterson won a Super Bowl, but right now you have a coach in Peyton who is basically a wizard. I mean, this guy is a magician. No matter what happens, Breeze goes out, Bridgewater comes in, we win five games. Breeze goes out, Hill comes in, we win three games. It does not matter. This is a winning organization. Uh, and I just see this as a Sean Payton, Doug Peterson can't call the right place because you have to factor in the talent, you know, might not be there in Philly and Wentz's performance might not be there, but it's a whole thing too. It's his play calling has been crap. His integration of Hertz is what screw, screwed up Wentz in the first place. And we just talk about that for like 20 minutes. I mean, he, he picked him. That was a bad move. And then the way that they were trying to integrate him into the into the game for just was just terrible. They should have just either made the switch or just had Wentz be their quarterback until he couldn't play anymore, which was obviously in this Green Bay game. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like this is a no brainer. I, I, the Saints are number five in my confidence picks, so not quite best bet material. But you're you've got an agreement with me. This is definitely one of my favorite plays. I was considering giving it out here tonight, but I held off. But definitely one of my favorite mismatches in terms of coaching. Yeah, I, I feel good about it. And uh, I saw on Twitter, I was trying to get the exact quote pulled up here, but uh, someone asked uh, in the press conference, asked Doug Peterson, like, well, what can you do to uh, you know help Jalen uh, establish a game plan? Because, well, uh, I really think we need to get the running game going and uh, hopefully that'll take some of the pressure off of him and open up the play action games. Like, why you can't you run? He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> hand it off to Sanders. I mean, the, the play calling has been so bad. They've totally misuse Sanders all year. I mean, not to sound like a cranky fantasy owner, but like he really just doesn't get enough carries every week in and out of the press conference. He says, we're going to give him more touches. The guy doesn't do it. Here's a real little, a little nugget. Do you guys want a little nugget? So Yo, yeah. Chubb, Chubb broke a big touchdown on his 17th or 18th carry this week. Jones broke his big touchdown on his 17th or 18th carry. Uh, Sanders has not gotten to that 17, 18 carry mark, I think in like six or seven weeks they refuse to get him to the point of the game where he can actually break one as a running back. You have to get comfortable to break one. Sometimes I know it sounds strange, but like it actually makes sense to me. These guys who are elite running backs, Chubb Jones, you see them breaking a 60 yard TD run at the end of the game. Why? It's because they've broken the defensive spirit by hitting them so many freaking times. Chubb, especially he's a bull. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like this idea of if you give your guy enough touches, Sanders, he's going to break one eventually. Get him 16 to 17 carries every game. That 17th, 18th carry could be the home run that was winning you football games early, earlier in the year. Sanders was so integral to that team's success earlier this year. He was running at, what, seven yards per clip, and then they, all of a sudden they won't run the ball with him. As I said, coaching mismatch. Please feel free to look at the slate and find another one. Uh, I mean, I'm on Seattle. I'll give you my best bet in advance besides the Pete Carroll versus Gates. I, I don't see another one where it's that bad, where it's Peyton clearly has a much big advantage, a huge advantage over Peterson in my mind. Well, take it away. You got the next key pick. So let's go there. there let's jump right into yeah, it. I'm sorry. I was teasing it earlier. This is just, you know, playing par golf here with you guys in the crossfires. I knew this was safe. No one's going to take Adam Gase. I actually think this is a perfect spot to fade the Jets, too, because believe it or not, they're four and two against the spread. So they're kind of trendy. And Seattle just lost to your Giants in probably the worst fashion ever. They killed people's survivors pools. I'm sure everybody thinks that this is a terrible team. Guess what? I've been doing this exercise of top 10 talented players and games now for two years. I've never had a game where it is 
all 10 guys are the Seahawks. I got Russ, Carson, DK Lockett, Dwayne Brown, Dunlap, Wagner, Wright, Adams, and LJ Collier. There's not a jet that's better than those guys. <laughs> I'll add in Quandre Diggs, the Griffin brothers, and Michael Dixon, the punter. He's the second best punter in football. I see them getting pinned back a bunch. I see Darnold getting pressured by Dunlap and Collier. I see him throwing picks. I see multiple pick sixes in this game. I see the Jets losing 37 nothing. This is a blowout. The spread can't be high enough. And, Talk and about story. the ultimate get right game. Hughes, what do you got here? Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm right there with you. I, I don't see how the Jets uh, win this game. I think uh, I was on, I was really on uh, Vegas last week. I think we talked about it. I think you guys had mentioned that was probably the last game on the Jets schedule that they might be able to scratch, scratch yes. a win. Obviously didn't have the agree. They, they were close, but no, I think again, spirits are, I've got to be at an all time low. Um, and they just got embarrassed by losing a game on the final play. Uh, so I think Seattle comes in and Seattle again, they need to get right. They got to figure this thing out. They got to get back. And, and I, again, I don't think it's going to take much. So yeah, I'm, I'm on, I'm on Seattle. I don't think the line can be high enough either. What do you think, Mr. Model? Give me a crossfire on these New York football jets. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, come on, baby. I mean, let's, let's go. So Mr. What Model, know? I looked at every single game and I looked and I said <laughs> in my top five confidence and I said, which game, there's no way that these guys are going to crossfire me on. And I was like, Seattle has to be it of my top five confidence picks. There's no way I thought you guys were going to crossfire over here yeah yeah uh uh so you're you're speaking to a guy who's holding a seattle division future right now which is looking a lot more sketchy now that uh the la rams have come back um but what do we know about seattle they play to their opponent it's it's not like they are you know letting russ cook and he's actually cooking good food he's cooking absolute shit so he is he, he is not cooking anything good right now. I think they're going to play to the guard, Who's guarding Metcalf, though? You know, I have Metcalf and I have their other receiver on my fantasy team. Like, I don't know. I, I Truly, <laughs> I don't know. But I think that 14 and a half is a shit ton of points. I do not see the Jets being able to win. But crossfire me uh, on this. I'm all in. Let's go. I am to see if the Jets can keep this one close and uh, cover that 14 and a half spread. Mr. Model showed up to this podcast with his nuts in a wheelbarrow, <laughs> just plopping them down on the bears, table. bears and jets. Oh, you'll never see a more ballsier gambler than that. I respect you, Mr. Model, but I cannot join you there. I just I'm with, <laughs> with the talent disparity here is unbelievable. I think if Seattle I've never seen anything like it, if Seattle even wants to prove that they're a relative, like a, a relative team in the NFC, they have to blow the doors off the jets. They cannot limp through this game. If there's going to be any confidence in this team moving forward, the jets are trying to tank. Okay. They just got rid of Dr. Heat, their defensive coordinator. Who's calling plays in the defense and the defense is already terrible. It's in Seattle. And I know without fans, that doesn't make that Who's much calling offensive plays. Who's calling? You got Gates. What is Gates doing? I mean, uh, it's uh, one just, other thing. Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams, uh, revenge game. Great point. Telling you, they're, they're forcing three or four turnovers on the Jets. This is not even going to be close. Metcalf could have 200 yards receiving in the first half. I mean, if Ty Hill can do it against the Bucks, who is stopping Metcalf? He had 10 catches against Darius Slay. He's a, Slay's an all pro. I mean, God. Hughes, that I, is a 
Great point about the revenge game for Adams. He wants to shove it down the Jets' throat. <laughs> this could be one of those three sacks, two forced fumbles, an interception, maybe return for a touchdown type game out of Adams. <laughs> I hope he spears Adam. I hope he spears Adam Gase. Like I hope he like sack, fumble, touchdown, sprints down, just spears Adam Gase on the sideline. Just <laughs> whatever. And end it. Oh, I have six and one picking against the Jets. This is my best team picking against in our pool. They're my number one team. I've broken it down. So I'm just letting you know. Just an incredible set of balls by the model here. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. All right. Let's go over to Hughes. And why don't you give us your key pick of the week? So, again, riding, riding the train. Um, I'm on the Browns. I like the Browns plus one. I like the Browns money line. I like what the Browns are doing. I like Coulter Stefanski future. I think the Ravens are in a weird spot. They cannot throw the football. It is a bizarre thing to watch. Um, and I think that, I think the Browns, again, though Baltimore, this is a must win for them uh, for sure. And this probably a letdown element that I'm not taking into account for the Browns, but I do, again, I, I think, with where the Browns are at in the season and where the Ravens are at, I think the Browns are the better team. I'll take the point. And again, I just think I'm down on, I'm, I'm down on the, uh, on the Ravens. Uh, you know, I was going to make a joke that this was another coaching deficiency. I don't think John Harbaugh's had a good year. I don't think this team has played very well. I don't think they look like much of a team. I think they've made a shit ton of excuses as they've gone throughout the season. Like he always does. I mean, we're talking about a guy who complains about fucking everything. Like the guy complains about everything. Mike Tomlin just sits there and takes it. Yeah, what do you guys need us to do? We'll go, you know, he's Pat Hill. We'll, we'll we're anywhere, anytime, anybody. You know, like we'll play anybody. You know, so I think I, again, I think the I think the Browns come in. I think they're trying to solidify where they're at in this division. I think they're trying to show that they belong. And I think they get a big win. Um, and I like them. Like I said, I like the points and 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 the money line. Okay, Coulter, you're big on Stefanski. What do you think? Crossfire. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate to take the uh, Ravens because I've been out off on them all year, but I'm sorry. 38-6 in week one. There's something here about the mismatch. You look at what they did to them last year, too. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't I, I just see a team that's they're ready to, to match up with this Cleveland team. I think Cleveland's actually a lot worse than their record is, too. I think that Titans defense is awful. Pick them game. If you beat your divisional opponent by 32 points and it's a pick them the next time you play, I'm going to take the team that won by 32. It's that simple crossfire. I love it. Okay, Mr. Model, what do you think? Yeah, give me the crossfire as well. I am all in again. I, I just can't get enough. There's going to be so much money coming my way this week. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Baltimore, I see as the better team. There's someone I respect who has the power rankings as both of these teams close, but with Baltimore slightly ahead. I think with them clicking uh, like they did last week, I think they will continue to do that. I think Cleveland will likely have a better rush uh, attack, but I just don't see Mayfield playing as well as he did last week, which was absolutely surprising and shocking to me. Um, I like Baltimore in the spot. Give me them. Uh, I am going to join Hughes here and I'll accept a crossfire as well. If that's allowed, I'm not sure if that's allowed, if I can bandwagon here, but I love the Browns. Uh, I don't know if I love them in this game, but I definitely will take them here. What we saw last week against the Titans was very impressive. They shot out of the gate and you, we, I think we talked about it. We thought they would be doing it behind Chubb and hunt, but it was Baker Mayfield in the passing attack. 
they saw some kind of weakness in the secondary of the Titans and they exploited it. The Ravens, especially in their secondary, I mean, they did not look great against the Cowboys. I know their defense played pretty well overall, but you saw some things happening. They were getting chunk plays down the field. And I don't know if Marlon Humphreys is hurt or what the deal is going on there, but Andy Dalton looked like 2012 Andy Dalton. And I'm concerned about that. I I feel good about the Browns here. Uh, I do think, weirdly, there is a coaching mismatch as well. I like Stefanski over Harbaugh this year. Okay, I know Harbaugh's got the, the Super Bowl. He's been there for years. He's probably a better coach overall. But this year, what Stefanski's doing is great. I love the play calling. They're mixing it up. And if they can come out of the game and open up that passing attack and then hit you with the ground attack, I love it. I don't love what I'm seeing out of the Ravens offense. So I'll be with you here, Bill. I like them uh, plus one here. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm down to split the crossfire. I got, you know, we got two, we got two competitor, two, two people we're going up against. There you go. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's mono a mono. Or it's double down shrimp, baby. Double it down. Ooh, <laughs> double down. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in for whatever. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll settle on that off air. We'll figure that one out. Uh, okay. Mr. Model, why don't you give us your key pick? So I am going back to the well that I had ridden earlier this year. I am going all the way to the Indianapolis Colts minus two and a half against those Las Vegas Raiders. I think Indianapolis is the team that is going to continue to climb. I think they are the better, the obvious better pick in this matchup. I think they're the better team. I think they're the more complete team. I am totally throwing out Las Vegas's, uh, you know, celebratory, uh, exciting win over the Jets last weekend. I think that was kind of a one-off I just think that this Las Vegas team isn't going to be uh, one of the ones that sticks around toward the end of the year. I think these are one of the teams that has played well to date, but is likely to tail off. I like Indianapolis in this spot. I think they're going to continue to play well. I think the defense will show up. I think Phillip Rivers will be able to manage the game uh, to his ability. I think they'll easily cover this two and a half. It's already up to three in most sports books. Give me them in this spot. Yeah, I think the uh, the luster has faded off of Vegas. We saw them almost lose outright to the Jets. I don't know what's happening. I, I do think, though, we're seeing that Vegas team kind of play back to what we thought they would be preseason. I mean, they jumped out of the gate well. People are saying they could be a playoff team. I know they're 7-5. and five. They're still in the hunt. But I'm with you, Mr. Model. I like what I'm seeing out of the Colts. They just survived a battle against Deshaun Watson, who, as you know, I'm very high on. Uh, I don't see Carr doing that to them, so I'm with you here. I'll take the uh, the Colts minus two and a half. Hughes, what do you think here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been wrong on Vegas so much this year. Um, yeah, I'm going to ride with the Colts. I, I Again, I think the only wild card here to me is Rivers' health, I guess, a little bit, though I don't really think that that's a huge deal. He throws the ball you know, four yards down the field and can't really do much else. Um, he, I think his trash-talking skills are more of a – uh, benefit for the Colts than his actual quarterback play. Um, but that being said, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Colts. I kind of agree with what you guys all said. Uh, they, there's something about this Vegas team that, like, they just seem to hit their their ceiling early. Like, I don't know if it was like we said. And again, I think it was like you know a couple of weeks ago. I, I couldn't even again talk about Derek Carr because I didn't understand how he we were talking about him in, in the way that we were. And I think he's come back to earth a little bit. Um, I think that that team ultimately just yeah, it, it's not a great team. And, and the Jets should have won that game. They should have lost to the Jets. And that alone, I I yeah, I just don't see them bouncing back. I'm I'm on the Colts as well. Okay, Colter, what do you think? Oh, I mean, if they lose to the Jets, isn't the spread here five and a half? 
Right. Isn't it double if they lose to the Jets? And they, yes. they basically yeah. lost to the Jets. They basically lost to the Jets, no? Yeah. yeah. Without that stupid call, they lost. Um, yeah, I'm with Colts here. I don't love Colts, as you guys know. I think their their offense isn't spectacular in my mind, but they seem to get it done with Pines and Taylor. That combo works, and they sprinkle in Wilkins. I personally, as a football fan, don't like that at all. I don't know where you guys stand on that, but I, it seems to be working for them. So good, good by them. And T Y Hilton has shown up, which is nice. So they have the defense and that's the best unit on the field, right? If you're going to go Colts, offense, defense, Raiders, offense, defense, what's the best unit? It's the Colts defense. I like that situation. Uh, I like the fact that to Indianapolis is, I think is used to playing in like the turf. I think this is a team that it's not a bad travel spot for them by any means. I know that they're, they're playing two road games in a row, but I think it, they were in a friendly spot playing a road team in a dome with Houston last week. And they're in a dome again. So I don't think there's no elements or anything I'm afraid of there. So yeah, I like Indianapolis. Yeah. Yeah. I will, I'll add that. Like, I think, I think that was maybe my only hangup is that I feel like this line should be higher. I feel like it should. And granted they are on, they are going on the road. And I just feel like it should be. Isn't it up to the three now four. though? Yeah. I just think, I think it should. I mean, like to me, like four would have made a lot more sense. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, that's the only thing that would like caught me a little off guard was like, is there something up that we're not seeing with, with this, with this line? But yeah, I think the Colts defense is going to dominate. And I'm pretty sure Josh Jacobs, Jacobs, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not playing. So I think that I was going to say, it's going to go, it's going to go up when Jacobs is officially ruled out right now. It's like questionable towards doubtful, but I think when, once he goes, there'll be another 0.5 swing towards, uh, the Colts' and, favor, and and on top of that, their, their run game did not look the same without him against the Jets. I, I mean, Booker was like a hot fantasy ad for for a lot of people, and yeah, you know, I mean, you have to get like three points. Like they they their their offense is not is not running on anything without without him in there, and that's why yeah, if he's not playing, I definitely you know pound down on the Colts. All right, gentlemen, for my key pick, I have no choice but to do this. I haven't picked them all season long (laughs) and it's about time I do it. I am picking the New York football giants plus two and a half against the Cardinals. I don't see why. Oh baby. Team is better than the Seahawks. Okay. What is Kyler Murray? He's slightly injured, less talented. Russ Wilson. We just bottled up Russ. Did we not? We bottled him up, okay? DK Metcalf bottled up. We're going to put James Bradbury out on on Hopkins, and we're going to bottle that team up. We're going to dare them to beat us on the ground. Sure, Drake is a nice player. Chase Edmonds is a nice player. But the Giants are playing as a unit. They're at home. They're getting behind Joe Judge. They're getting behind Patrick Graham. And Danny Dimes is back. That opens up the offense, okay? We won against Seattle just by pure guts on defense with Jones on offense back that now opens up the read, the play action, the RPO game that changes the dynamics. I don't think Arizona's defense is that good. They're certainly better than Seattle, but I love this team at home. And I got to say it's a little biased, but this is the biggest giants game in probably the last five years. So I am juiced up for it. And I want this to be my key pick. So Tell me I'm crazy. Mr. Model, I'll turn it over to you first. Uh, oh, you're crazy. Crossfire 24-7 <laughs> every day, twice on Sunday. Give me those Arizona Cardinals minus two and a half. Yes, sir. Yes, please. 
I cannot believe that I'm getting the third best team in the NFC West against the top. Yeah. Top. Yeah. Top team on the name. in the NFC least. Uh, yes, sir. I am all in on this. I think this is a game where the uh, New York football giants uh, stumble. I think their last four games have been phenomenal. I'm all in. I'm going to continue to root for that. But I think this is where they do not come through. Uh, again, this is a, a spot where the line has gone against me. The line has already moved in the Giants' favor uh, down to two and down to one and a half in some spots. Don't care. Don't care. Give me the Arizona Cardinals in this spot. Yes, please. Wow. There's a lot of action this week. What do you think here, Coulter? <laughs> I just love that the model, the model came to play Week fourteen. the wallet, the wallet is out. So good. It's so good. I can't uh, say that I I'm confident either way on this one. I am going to lean with the giants based on what I watched. I watched a lot of that game last week. I was impressed with that defense as we went over earlier. Um, I think you made a good point. I mean, what's the difference really between Seattle and Arizona giants could beat them in Seattle. What's the real difference, right? Um, the other key thing here too, is like, I just don't think the Arizona is well coached, right? Kingsbury is just a terrible, uh, situational coach. And I feel like if you're giving the giants plus points at home, he botches something late, right? In this game. Mm -hmm. And then you win just on incident alone. Zane Gonzalez has been inconsistent with extra points and and field goals and stuff like that. So I I don't really trust Arizona special teams. There's all sorts of like leaks in this team, the one thing I guess in Arizona's favor is they have traveled here uh, this season. So the travel factor, I feel like they, they should be used to coming in New York because they did play the jets, but this is a West coast team traveling East, which I never like. I know it seems kind of generic, but I, I just can't take a team that's traveling East. And then the Murray factor is he's so small and like against a good defense. I always am going to take a good defense against Kyler Murray for the rest of his career. The one pushback has, if you'll allow it though, on the Daniel Jones thing, uh, what quarter did he get hurt in against the Bengals? I believe it was the third. Yeah, they were horrific. No yeah. offense. No, they were the Bengals, and the Bengals defense stinks. And uh, and quite frankly, if they couldn't score in the Bengals with Jones, I I think the Giants' offense might just not be capable of scoring more than twenty five points. Uh, I mean, Gallman's a good back, but they really just don't have much of a high ceiling. So I mean, that's where they get into trouble. If Kyler and DeAndre are clicking, and they they hit thirty, the Giants are not hitting thirty. But I'm going to take the Giants in our pool. I'm, again, not totally confident, but I can't take Arizona. I do agree with that. But all right. What do you think, Hughes? Man, I'm, I, I, this is a tough, tough read. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really torn. I'm probably not going to bet it. At the same time, the line screams Giants. The momentum screams Giants. Everything seems to be leaning towards the Giants. I do wish I knew who's going to play quarterback. I know that Judge – I think Dimes went through the walkthrough – I don't, did they have a full practice today? Is there, they're not practicing until tomorrow. I don't, I, he was limited today. So they, he, he had, like yeah. went through this, the walkthroughs, but didn't do much of the activities. Cause that, I mean, I, that's obviously a huge factor. Cause I think they've looked horrific with Colt McCoy. I mean, for the most part, um, and Arizona's trying to save their own season. So like, I don't know if that factors in there. Um, you know, I think that there was a lot of, there was a lot of hype around the Cardinals around, you know, bringing, um, you know, the, the college offense and kind of what we've shown. And I think the NFL has proven, you know, really can't work uh, in the way that Cliff's trying to run it. 
Um, but also I do think they have that dynamic, you know, kind of element to them to Coulter's point. If they get to 30, it's going to be tough for the giants to put up the points to beat that. So I'm torn on this. I'm going to lean giants just cause you know, I want to be a part of the story. Um, but I do, I, I do think that this would be a really tough thing to put money on the, on the giants in this game, just because Arizona has looked really good at times this year. And I do think, um, ultimately they've got a playmaker in Kyler Murray that can bust a game open along with Hopkins. If he can, if, if he can get that chance. Now the Bradbury thing's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a good game. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Now, if I may add a little analogy here, Coulter, if you're playing par golf, you know, and I just did here, I was calling Markawa. I pulled out the driver on the drivable par four. And I said, I'm going for the fucking green baby. I hear all the things you guys are saying. And yes, if Colt McCoy is playing this game, I rescind my pick. Uh, (laughs) I I think they're going to lose if it's Colt McCoy. Uh, But if Danny's playing, I I, I love this team uh, with the way the defense is playing here. You're right. If they get, if the Cardinals get to 30, the giants lose. Uh, I just don't think they're getting a 30. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't think they are either. Sorry. He's like, I got out there. No, I would agree. I, I'm, I'm with you on that as well. I don't think they're going to get to 30 in this game. Giants defense has been playing too well. Uh, again, the, the cross country travel. Um, yeah. Again, unless the Giants are reading their own news clippings, that's the only thing you got to yeah, worry yeah. about. Is like this is the first time that this team's really had some life. And again, I think that the you know the, the Patriots' uh, way is to really ignore the noise and you know not read anything into it. And if Judge has been able to get that into the locker room and the guys are really focused on, you know, like we're just building this incrementally and this is not like we we're back, you know, like we're back. They're, they're not flashy really- enough though, to get news clippings. Right. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I, my pushback on this is like, if I could take one lesson from that, that Giants game as a loser who had switched to Seattle at the last second was that there is no real spread adjustment between Daniel Jones and Cole McCoy. That was, I overreacted. I had the right side. I thought the giants were going to keep it close. And at the end of the day, if they're going to cover the spread, it's going to be giants football. Like it's been all year. No offense, Cass. It's just going to be grinded out close game. Zane Gonzalez miss a field goal in the elements where cliff Kingsbury thinks it's the right idea to go with a field goal kicker in New York in the winds. And you know, and, December when he's got Kyler Murray and then, you know, whoever's the giants quarterback gets the ball drives down the field. And then you guys win by two points or something like that. It's going to be like a, if the, the giants cover this game, it's going to be in that kind of a scenario. I feel like totally that, agree. That being said, I don't know if you check the weather. I do think we've got rain slash cold weather. It won't snow, no snow, uh, but it could be in the forties. I think during that game on Sunday. Oh, I love it. That helps the giants sloppy game, running game, defense, practice <laughs> Wet football, right? Yep. Don't get the wet football out. Oh, I love it. <laughs> dome, dome team from the desert. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's trending in the right direction. Oh, man. What a week of picks. We have five crossfires out of our eight picks. It's incredible. Uh, I do want to just we're going to skip over our six calls to Nikki because Mr. Model, we teased it last week with the college basketball coming out. Mr. Model, you got the uh, college basketball model. So let's talk a little uh, little men's hoops here. Yeah, we got some hoops going. I have the model in full swing at this point. Um, so my my machine learning model is based on the first four games a team plays. So if a team hasn't played four games yet, they're not going to show up in the predictions that I have. So we are recording this on December 9th. So for December 10th, I have one play in uh, currently already locked in. I have Portland at plus 14 and a half against Oregon state. This is actually an Oregon state team that I've already bet against uh, once when they played Wyoming. And that came through for me. I think this is an Oregon state team that is actually lower 
than where a lot of sports books have them. So I like Portland in this spot. I think, I think Oregon state wins this game, but I think they win by nine. I don't think they win by more than 14 and a half is what my model is showing me. The only other game that I have for tomorrow, which hasn't uh, come up on the board yet in some of the sports books that I'm at is Texas A&M Corpus Christi versus Texas Rio Grande Valley. <laughs> we we are down in the depths of college basketball, my friend. Um, so this Texas A&M Corpus Christi team actually played Texas Rio Grande Valley a week ago. They have not played anyone since. They lost by three. And my model is telling me that they're actually going to win by two in this upcoming game. So if I can grab them at uh, plus three and a half or more likely plus four, which is what I'll wait to, um, that will be good enough for me to grab them uh, at that spot. Man, I'm seeing UTRGV, classic team, minus three and a half in that game. <laughs> I've got to say, this brings us back, man. This is the core of what I love about the model is getting into the weeds. If you put a gun to my head and to ask me, is there a college basketball team at UC Rio Grande Valley? I said, no fucking way. I like this spot. I like the spot. And I, I actually think that trickles out to four. So I'm going to wait for the four and then take it then. Okay. And just tell the listeners, because I know it's a little too late, but what was your, you had a key pick tonight too that I had never even heard of this team. Yeah. So the, the key pick that I had earlier today that had come through, I had taken Arkansas State versus Arkansas Pine Bluff. I loved Arkansas Pine Bluff in this spot. I had grabbed them at 13 and a half, and my model had them as uh, losing by two. So I thought this game was going to be close. Arkansas Pine Bluff actually ended up winning. I think it was by one point. So they easily covered. And um, I also had the over in this game. I had over 136. My model had this game as 142. I think it landed right around 145 or something. So it's 75, it, 74 final. So good job by you. Yeah. So uh, it definitely covered. And then some, so that was a, a good start to uh, where we're going with this college basketball season. I absolutely love it. Hughes and Coulter, are you ready to get into the college basketball weeds, baby? I love college basketball. Yeah. This is the, probably the second favorite sport to uh, lay down on. Right. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a yeah, doubt. yeah. Well, actually, I, I've actually become a lover of betting on the golf too. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that would be my one, two, three. But you just yeah, you, no. with, go ahead, Hughes. I was going to say, but real quick, without with college basketball, like you got these no-name schools, no-name guys. When it comes down to it, it's like, is this kid going to make a clutch shot or a clutch free throw when the money's on the line? You never know. <laughs> yeah, no, and I mean, I think that that's that's the that's the crazy thing is like you know they're amateurs. I mean, at the end of the day, it's college football. I feel like gets you a little bit of the same thing. Um, where, yeah, you just, these guys, you never know what the, what's going to happen. Some of the wackiest, weirdest thing, you know, can happen, you know, during a game and to end a game. And, um, you know, it's, it's what makes it fun. And I do think too, the, the vast number of schools that are out there and, and I think COVID obviously has had its impact already on the season, but, you know, I think there's enough schools where, again, if you're looking for a sport to gamble on, there's always going to be options when it comes to college hoops. And you are going to have to dig a little bit deeper probably this year than other years to be, be able to have a little bit of that uh, that fun action on on the college game because you don't – I mean, there's games getting canceled all, all over the place, so there's going to be some opportunities for these types. Yeah, absolutely. I know we're coming down to the final stretch of the NFL season, but we're definitely going to work in some time to make some college basketball picks, get the model up and running. So we'll uh, we'll put that out on the pod. We'll put that out on the uh, on the old Twitter sphere. So uh, keep an eye out for all of that. 
Gentlemen, fantastic episode. That's number 90 in the books. We're inching ever close to that 100 mark. So we will see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.